Well, once a month we do what we call the dog box, and this is due to, uh, it sounds a bit cliched, popular demand. Uh, we started it four weeks ago, and my goodness, the phone calls just went nuts. The text machine lit up like a Christmas tree. It's called the dog box. It's our vet section, but it is not specific to dogs, so it's any sort of animals at all. Although, any issue with animals or pets you've got, give us a yell. So our resident vet is Seton Butler, and he is actually a professional advisor to the Veterinary Council of New Zealand. He's been a small animal vet for many years, um, so small animals, I guess, you know, if you've got an issue with your gorilla, perhaps this is not your forum. Probably not the ideal forum, but um, never mind. But let's go to the phone. Seton is on the line with us. A very good afternoon, Seton. Hi, guys. How are you going? Great. Very good. Thank, thank you. you. Well, it's now, great to talk to you again. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, good to be here. Yeah, good. Thank you. Now, Si and I have both got a very quick question before we get into the listeners' calls, if we could. Yes, yeah, so if you want to call uh, Seton, by the way, 0800 801080, you can text 9292. So there's a genuine thing. I told you, Seton, we have animals for Africa at our place, but our cat, Misty, for some reason, she's 17 years old, and we uh, we feed her good quality food, like it's a, you know, it's a good food, and but it, uh, she just vomits pretty much every time after eating. And I, I don't think I'd be unique in this, but it's really annoying because we love the cat, but she'll eat, go upstairs to the bed, and then hello. Hmm. Uh, look, look. at 17, there's, there's a few sort of... Uh, the things that spring to mind include some old-age conditions, um, so things like hypothyroidism, kidney failure... Uh, uh, wouldn't be uncommon in a 17-year-old cat. Right. And, and well right. done for getting it at 17, because it's a, it's a good old age. Right. Um, clearly clearly doting and loving parents. Yes, um, yes. <laughs> and, we, we, and we also, by the way, we give I keep her regularly updated with the flea treatment, and once every two to three months I'll give a broad line, which is a worm thing, because I thought it yep. might have been a tapeworm or something. Yep, good idea. And, and that, was, that was another one on the list that, that sort of, I guess, is um, reasonably um, common to try and eliminate as a, as a possible cause. Right. So, yep, treating parasites. Um, and then once you, once you sort of think about some of the, the systemic issues, diseases, and, and I don't know when she was last checked, but it might be worth next time you have her in for a her physical checkup, get the vet to look at running some blood tests on those things just to eliminate them. Um, then, then you think about chronic bowel disease and... You know, there there is, and again, you know, I'd, I'd frame this in, in, is the disease progressing and if it's getting worse and she's losing weight, then it's probably more concerning. And if she's not, then I wouldn't panic. But if there are some other symptoms, then of course you might have to have in the back of your mind as one of the, one of the, the syndromes you would want to rule out might be some sort of cancer. Oh. Um, and that's probably right on the on the nasty end of the spectrum. The other right. things are, are a bit more treatable. Okay. So uh, a hypersensitive bowel, uh, a sensitivity to the, to the food you've had her on as a possibility. Okay. So actually, so that's a good be, point. Yeah. yeah. Even though the food's good, she might have developed a sensitivity to it, as a lot of people do. Right. We're learning a lot more now about yeah. syndromes and disorders where there are lactose intolerances or or um, wheat intolerance. She might be a celiac. She might be celiac. So so there are things that are are actually treatable in there that you'd want to think about. Okay. But there are the extremes um, where it, where it could be something. Okay. Um, you know, Th- not so good. No, that's good. Thank you very much for that. Uh, let's quickly go to Gary, who's on the line. Hi, Gary. Hello, Gary. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Seton's standing by and listening, mate. I have a 15-year-old Daxie who's in very good health until I got a report two days ago that she has um, a little bit of uh, redness in her left rear paw, which could be cancerous. Are you familiar with anything? Um, so there are one or two uh, skin cancers that that do show up in the in the foot area of some dogs. 
not specific to that I don't think they're specific just to Daxies, but I think there are one or two that, that look just red and a bit swollen and spongy almost. Um, and, and they can be a little bit, uh, well, let's say, let's use the word malignant. I mean, some of them can be, can be nasty. So depending on what it is, some of them are reasonably benign and might just take a, a, a surgical excision of the, the area that's involved and it might, be, it might resolve it. Um, but I have had one or two that have been a little more sinister um, and take a little bit more aggressive approaching, approach to how to deal with it. Um, so I think it's probably worth exploring that with your veterinarian, understanding more about what they've found on their report and trying to discern what your options are. Great. Thank you very much for your call, yeah. Gary. Appreciate it. Thanks very much, Seton. Um, one no straight from me, Jan and I have inherited yeah. since we moved to Christchurch a lovely 12-year-old cat called Charlie. But one of the things he does that I find slightly weird, <clears throat> at about 5 in the morning, he wants to be let outside to go outside, I presume, to have a pee. But yep. then he's in no hurry whatsoever. Like last night, it was minus two down here. It takes him up to an hour before he comes back inside, feeling damp, and he comes to the door and sort of scratches on him and wants to come back inside. Do cats not feel the cold, or is Charlie just weird? <laughs> is Charlie weird? Well, so I, I do do a, a psychologist consultation, but I'd need to come and visit you in and have, a, have a, an interview with Charlie. Um, look, the... the we, our cat does a similar sort of thing, so so I don't think it's necessarily weird. So so cats are a little bit territorial, yeah, and they 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 um you know our cat and I don't know this might not apply to Charlie, but our cat actually has two or three houses in the neighbourhood that he goes and visits. Yeah, that's um, Charlie. And in fact, to the point that I was walking my dog to meet my wife about four days ago, and I walked past three doors down, a lady standing in her doorway holding our cat, giving him a cuddle. She took him inside. She took him inside, left the door open. By the time I came back with my wife and the, and the dog, yeah. either, the dog was on the lead, not, the, not my wife, but um, yes, walked back up the drive, and there was the cat. So really? he'd, he'd been next door. Um, sometimes he comes home smelling a wee bit of perfume. So I think he's got one or two little houses that he goes and visits, and I think they feed him yeah. um, because it's one of the reasons he probably sort of went back there. But, yeah, so, so it's possible that, that Charlie's got one or two other homes yes. um, and or he's just having a wander around and checking, his, mm. checking the space out. They're incredibly disloyal and unthankful, aren't they, cats? Oh, when cats you... are, yes, <laughs> sensationally. Yeah. Hey, Seton, this is great stuff. The calls are backing up, so we'll quickly go to Scott before the break. Scott, welcome sure. to the show. Seton, standing by. Hey, thanks very much. Good. Hey, um, I've got a eight-year-old cat, and she goes outside. She's, you know, in and out of the cat door all the time, but she loves to come inside um, to pee. So she's got this... <laughs> whole farm to roam around on, but um, whenever she needs to pee, she comes inside and uses her litter tray. And I was just wondering, isn't there some way that I can sort of encourage her to go outside? Um, That's a good question. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a fantastic question. And look, there, there, again, this might be another another psychiatric consultation, but, but so some cats are fastidious and, and so clean. In fact, this doesn't just apply to cats, it applies to dogs as well, where they, they can develop what we call a substrate preference so they can actually get to the point where they, they've learnt to go on a particular um, type of medium, like, like um, kitty litter, yeah. and it's their substrate that they prefer, and so they don't find kitty litter outside, so they come back in to use the kitty litter. And it's, it's almost a psychological thing that might have been developed when she was a wee-wee kitten. So if your substrate happens to be your slippers, that's not such a good thing, Seton. That is a really, <laughs> a really uncomfortable thing, and it's quite, quite horrible if, if it's been there for a few hours and it's two degrees outside. Can you, you change the substrate that they prefer to go on? As Scott's saying, can he train the cat yeah, to so, Well, there's a couple of things. And, 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 um, 
so, so there, there's another possibility, and it's certainly worth considering this, is that some cats could get, be getting beaten up outside when they crouch to pee. So rather than uh. crouch and get into a prone position where they might get attacked, they might feel more secure going inside. So, so it could be any of those two things and or probably one or two others. But those probably first at the top of my list, the differentials. So the first thing to do would be to potentially try and add a bit of substrate like either some bark or some dirt from the garden, <coughs> but just a little bit at a time, right? And add it to the litter tray so that she might develop a, an abil- a, a, a tolerance to using a different substrate. Mm. Um, the other thing to do possibly is, is to try and move the litter tray maybe one or two feet at a time towards the back door and then carefully outside. But, but the really, really important thing is not to move it too quickly so she doesn't lose track of it because sometimes when we do this, if you move it from, say, the wash house where we happen to have a litter tray at the moment for our cat to the back door, which might be 10 metres away, yep. they just go in the, bar, in the bedroom or somewhere on the kitchen on the floor or in the lounge. Yeah. So they, they sort of lose control of their whole, the whole place, the whole dynamic of their toilet behaviour goes out the window and they just start using the house as a toilet. So That's good really stuff. Important, really important to do it slowly. Scott, is that helpful? Yeah, no, that's absolutely great and it pretty much um, matches what I've been suspecting. So thank you for that. Perfect. No, man, thank you. Thank you, Scott. We're with Seton um, Butler, who's a resident vet for our show. He's also a small animal vet, been a small animal vet for many years, serves as professional advisor for the Veterinary Council of New Zealand. 0800 80 We're going to take another 10 minutes on this. If you want to get in, get in now. It's sort of free vet advice. 0800 80 or text 9292. Back with more in a moment. The Seton Butler, who's our resident vet. Thank you again for your time, Seton. Thank you. Uh, this text here says, uh, Hi guys, my teenage boys would love a kitten, but we have a moody six-year-old male cat. If we get a kitten, how do we get the male cat used to the kitten? Um, hopefully a female, says Nikki. Any uh, suggestions for that, Seton? Oh, sorry, um, you carry on. Look, that, that, that wouldn't be an uncommon problem of introducing a new pet into a house. Um, cats, yeah, well, I mean, introducing two cats can be a wee bit um, difficult. So sometimes it goes really, really well and, and you don't have any dramas. But usually the best way to do it is to just do it very, very slowly through a transition. So um, in, a, in a very, very quick summary, and it's probably worth talking to your veterinarian and they might have some, some information on how to do it, but one might be you, you don't let them see each other to start with and you have the cats in two separate rooms and then they have a, a central common room. So for example, you might keep the cats in a bedroom each and have a lounge as a common room and you have one cat in the, in the common room and then you lock that cat away and let the other cat out into that common room and they get to scent, smell each other and right. recognise that there is another cat around but not make that, that direct eye-to-eye contact because at that point, that's when tension really mounts. Mm. So you'll often see a cat where it sees another cat on the, out on the section. Hackles go up, tail goes up, they yep. run out the cat door, they chase it. So, so that visual stimulus is really, really strong. So you try and um, mitigate or reduce that as much as you can until you get a sense that the cats are behaving normally don't seem to be getting stressed. And then eventually you can progress to the point where you might have one cat in a cage and another cat wandering around the room but not being able to attack the cat that's in the cage. Now, it sounds like it might be tormenting for the poor cat in the cage, but you only get to that point once you're comfortable that it seems to be progressing and the cats aren't stressed and they're not getting angry. But some of the side effects and the risks are that, that they might spray around the house. Right. There's not another cat in the house. So, right. so there are some... Some issues that, that 
Uh, and of course, if you've fallen in love with a kitten, by the time the cat's peeing around the house, it starts getting a really difficult conversation to have. Oh man, it would do. Actually, on the subject of stress, Seton, Jill's on the line. Jill, good afternoon. Hi. Hi, guys. Now, you've Hello. got a question of, re- regarding your cat's stress. Yes. He's, uh, we've recently had new neighbours move in with a rottweiler, two kittens and a full-grown cat. And Ooh. they're very they're kept indoors most of the time. Oh, the cats were originally in a cage, but they're, they're free, the two little kittens. And they appear to have come out. Well, one of them comes over, made himself very comfortable. He's under our house most of the time. And my existing cat... It's just the way there's no fighting going on. He seems quite happy to be around them. He plays around with them. But if, oh, if we try to cuddle him or touch him, he's hissing and horrifically. Your <laughs> he's cat. gone really quite peculiar. Mm. Your cat. So I just wondered what was, you know, it's really a very strange situation. Yeah, now, so... It, it, again, that, that would not be uncommon. And, and what, we, what we've created by living in in sections with houses on and neighbours very close is, is that we've we've built an environment where humans can live reasonably comfortably, although sometimes not always, but but usually well. But cats have a have usually have a wider roaming territory, and so there's there's probably quite an overlap there. So these other cats, albeit that your cat's tolerating the, the other cats, they are encroaching on his patch reasonably yeah. significantly. So the, the yeah. probably the thing that would be best for you to try and approach is, is how to reduce the stress for your cat. Now, one of them is, is and I'd avoid it, avoid picking him up when he's when he's in a stress situation because he could lash out to you or at you sort of, you know, inadvertently, and you you might end up bearing the brunt of his tension or his anxiety. But you yeah, that's what's happening. Fairly way. So fairly way like a pheromone. Fairly way. F e l i w a y. Um, no. It's a pheromone that you you can basically spray the stuff around, or you you can plug in a little atomizer, and it it's one of those feel good pheromones that that tries to help cats become less anxious. That's oh. actually a gr- that's a great trip, Jill. If you hang on the line for us, Tyler's written that down, and we'll get that to you. That's awesome, Seth. And just one more quickly before we go to the break, Quentin's been waiting for a bit here. So, Quentin, far away. Hey, Quentin. Yeah. Hey, um, I've got a cat. I can't remember. Seven to ten years old. She's female. Um, she's getting old now, so getting a lot of bagginess. But um, one thing she's sort of done um, when she was given to us as a, a wedding present, pretty much, she cool. seems to want to drink her water with both feet in the water bowl. And <laughs> quite often, <laughs> she'll scratch the surface of the water, put her nose up to it, scratch it, and then put her feet in and then start drinking. That's and it's annoying because weird. she keeps wetting the carpet or the kitchen, and, yeah, we always have to rinse the bowl out because uh, it's full of sand. Our cat does the very same thing, Quinn. What's that, Seaton? <laughs> really? Do you do it too? Yes. That, so, so that is weird. I, I, I can't explain <laughs> why a cat might do that. I mean, so long as the, it's, it's not a changing behaviour and the cat's not drinking, you know, gallons of water now or is only drinking a few laps before, there hasn't been an increase in the total water intake, it sounds like some sort of um, behavioural thing. So, so, yeah. so, I mean, the only thing I can think of is if, if I try and take this back to a wild cat situation. So cats... And, and look, I guess the bizarre thing is our cat likes to drink out of things down low. So, so he's taken now yes. to drinking uh, out of a cup in the bee day. So, you know, crazy parents that we are. But, but they seem <laughs> to like, you know, cats drink in bar, out of baths and things. They like to yep. get into things. And it's like going down to the waterhole. Right. So, so I'm just, I mean, I'm, I'm making this up. But, but my, only, my, only, my only thought would be possibly that's mimicking a cat going down to a waterhole. You know, they stand making with their sure front feet on the edge of the waterhole and they drink the water and they might scoop a 
Oh, it's sorry. Like a bit of space to drink the water. Look, so, that's Quentin. I'm, I'm rather uh, certain I'm going to have to jump in because I've got to play some messages or I'll get in trouble. But that's actually yeah. very, very good, and hopefully that's helpful to you, Quentin. Hey, Seaton, thank you so much again for your time. We've got calls backing up. We'll have to hold them for next time, but great to chat with you. Thank you very no much, mate. It was lovely. So,